Audio version of Michael Leitman's blog. February 22, 2023. Depict the upper world for yourself. All our work is to transition from the perception of reality in egoistic sense organs to the perception of reality in altruistic sense organs. This is the whole difference between the feeling of this world and the feeling of the upper world, between our current perception of reality in which we live in a lie, away from the Creator, and without any perception where we are, to understand, feel, and know where we exist, and within whom and with whom we reside. This change of perception is made by the effort of a person. But beforehand there must be a desire to change our perception because it will happen only if we desire it. Therefore we must make an effort to imagine the upper reality, to create its image in ourselves as the Kabbalistic books speak about, and to build such relationships among us, in the group. Then during the study when we read about this upper reality, we will demand that a force from above come and open to us, the organs of sensation, these floodgates of sensations, that we would reveal where we really are and not remain in this false, imaginary, far-fetched picture that appears to us, today in our muddied organs of sensation. Thus, all of our work is to give correct definitions of what is called true reality. Each of us, with all his might and as much as possible, should try to imagine, draw, paint, or form for himself a kind of supreme image in which we are all united in our desires together and with the Creator so there is no difference between us, but within us, and between us, reigns the Creator the quality of bestowal and mutual love. There is nothing but this state, there are no imaginary pictures, and we ask from this reality that it affect us, and manifest in us. This should be the result of our efforts. This is exactly what a person should constantly strive for during the reading of the book of Zohar and other Kabbalistic books. And this is why these books speak about the true reality. Otherwise we could read books written in a different style, or there would be no point in reading them at all. Therefore when we read about the upper reality in these books, we must try to achieve it. As Balha Sulam writes in the introduction to the study of the Ten Sefirot, item 155. Through the yearning and the great desire to understand what they are learning, they awaken upon themselves the lights that surround their souls from the only existing state, and thus they correct themselves. From the Daily Kabbalah Lesson June 3, 2010 The Book of Zohar, Selections, Chapter Tetzavah, Command Light changes human nature. Question, when studying Kabbalah, a person's outlook changes. Maybe for someone it looks like pure psychology that a person adjusts himself to the influence of some force that changes him, but in fact he becomes completely different. Is that how his psychology works or, as you say, does the light change him? Answer, it is the light. Only light. Psychology works in our world when a person replaces one desire with another, one object of pleasure with another and makes selfish calculations, what is better, what is worse, where will he be beaten less, where can he snatch more, and so on. Thinking about how to get out of depression and rising above your mood, 
how to realize your inner natural data, how to behave with other people in order to make it better, these are purely egoistic tricks. And light changes the very nature of man. Therefore, psychology cannot help here. It brings a person to this, helps him realize all his problems, and then he must work in a group, with light, in order to change himself. Question. But how does it happen? What mechanism changes in a person? Where does that portion of light drip that either changes the soul or something else? Answer, light affects egoistic intentions that are built on the same principle as altruistic, spiritual ones, only in reverse order. After all, before there was only a system of bestowal, and then its shattering created the opposite system, receiving. Both systems are opposite to each other, and a person must choose under which one to be influenced. From Cab TV's I Got a California Bonded. March 31, 2012. Where Humanity is Headed. Today, humanity is on the verge of spiritual realization. The whole history of the Jews, whatever one may say, they are still a special people, is a demonstration to all mankind of what will happen to them. But you can unfold the course of history differently, not physically, but with a quick awareness, that is, to accept the methodology from this nation. Then, there will be no need to experience what they have gone through, that is, be wiser by possessing this knowledge. We see that people do not yet know how to work with it, what to do, where to run from it. They raise their hands and say, no, no, we're fine. The same exact thing is written in the Egyptian story, everything is fine, all is good, we still have nowhere to go. Let's come to an agreement with our pharaoh, egoism. Let's try to do something different. People seek and search. This is natural because they do not want to see or actually do not see an opportunity to avoid it, because it is a completely different nature. The creator is hidden, the upper force of nature manifests itself only one-sidedly, as mechanical, inanimate, non-purposeful, without a plan, matter develops and that's it. It has evolved from inanimate to vegetative, animate, and human. So, we are the smartest. And what do we see? We can't do anything. It was the same with Moses when he was told, why do you worry the people? We are fine. Be quiet, do not spread your Kabbalah, do not call for an exodus, for an ascent. Get out of here. Therefore, he was forced to run away to the king of Midian, Yitro, and only returned forty years later. That is when the people began listening to him because they had received many blows during that time. Back then, this story happened to a small number of souls and now, it must happen to the whole of humanity. From Cab TV's I got a call. The Miracle of Birth April 7, 2012 The goal of the team is above all. Question. Based on the experience of workshops, how can a person correctly place oneself under the general field in which he is trying to be a part? Answer, it should be included as an active element of cooperation, as an organ of an electronic, mechanical or electrical system that tries to realize itself beneficially for the overall purpose of the system, that is, try its best. 
I am cancelling my I. Whatever this action is, good or bad, it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter how I personally perceive it. I put the action, the benefit, the goal of the team, above mine. And I don't care about my personal goal right up to its killing, just as some insects or even cells of our body receive in order to kill themselves, and they carry it out. If the goal of the collective is visible to me, and it contradicts my own, then my goal has no meaning, I destroy myself. This should be the inclusion in the group. And beyond this limit are the following stages. There you begin to feel the spiritual world because your egoism no longer hinders you. From Cab TVs I got a call. Lithuanian Experiment March 13, 2012 The main thing is internal work. Comment, you said that if we have any material desires, it is better to realize them quickly so that they do not interfere with our spiritual development. My response, if your head is occupied with spiritual development, then involuntarily you will not perform any stupid, unnecessary movements in everything else. Nevertheless, you still need to organize yourself somehow, make yourself move, eat normally. Let's say I have a sedentary job, I sit almost all the time, so I force myself to move for an hour and a half a day. Doctors say that even half an hour a day is enough, a little exercise, walking by the sea, cycling. But I personally think that, although it is necessary to force yourself to do all this a little, the main thing, of course, is internal work. If a person is engaged in it, then he inevitably has a normal exchange in everything else. From Cab TVs I got a call. Get high April 21, 2012. Dead Sea, Absence of Life The Dead Sea represents the absence of life, because Malkhut, unfortunately, is still dead and cannot do anything. But when we really reach the connection of Malkhut and Bina, then the earth will be filled with the upper moisture. Question, will the sick have nowhere to be treated and have mud baths? Answer, why? The Quran Heights and everything that is around the Dead Sea have always existed, it is just that the sea was 10-15 meters higher. But still it was always salty. It almost never had life, although there is life there. We simply do not distinguish it and do not see it. It is yet to be discovered. The Dead Sea is in the desert. The desert is not just a place where, as it seems to us, there is nothing but sand and small dunes. The desert can have vegetation, wildlife, rocks, mountains, and springs. Exactly such a desert surrounds the Dead Sea. Previously, there were tigers, lions, leopards, and now there are only a few of them left, but they still live there. In this desert there are springs of water and very interesting caves. Thousands of years ago, for many years, the oppositionists of the Jerusalem authorities fled there. There, in the fortress of Mossad, the Jews hid from the Romans. Many great Kabbalists who were looking for how the correction would continue after the destruction of the temple lived in those places. Perhaps this place is dead because it was least affected by the shattering, which was mainly concentrated in Jerusalem and passed over the rest of Israel. 
where there was no life, there can be practically no destruction. Therefore, although a special force is felt here, this force is dead. From Cab TV's Kabbalistic Geography October 10, 2010 Michael Leitman, on Quora, what can we learn from elephants? Elephants are very compassionate and sensitive animals. They are the only animals that hold a burial ceremony. Often the herd digs a hole, covers the dead elephant and stays near the grave for several days. Also, if the herd encounters a dead elephant that is not from their herd, they will treat it as if it were one of their own. In addition, if one of the elephants in the herd is sick, they take care of it, bring it food and help it up. When we see such examples of sensitivity and compassion, we can raise the question to ourselves as human beings, what do we have that animals don't, and is there anything that we can learn here? We possess additional desire to animals, and the problem is that we use our excess desire to our detriment. We can see a clear example of this problem if we look at the endless wars and cutthroat competition we find ourselves in over history, and the way we pour money into stockpiling more and more weapons today instead of myriad other means that could benefit us. We are constantly engaged in thoughts of how to exploit, overpower and outcompete others. Animals also show many examples of overpowering and killing other animals, but they do so out of a survival necessity not out of enjoying themselves by feeling bigger, stronger, faster and better than other animals, as we people do toward each other. Why do we relate to other people in such negative ways? It is in order to sustain our ego, that is to try and satisfy our desires for money, respect and power. We do not try to overpower others merely out of a survival necessity. Therefore, when we consider the fact that we have bigger egoistic desires that we use to the detriment of others, we cannot say that we are at any higher degree to animals. If we wish to maximally realize our additional desire and truly show ourselves to be loftier beings, then we need to rise above our egoistic desires, our desires to benefit ourselves at the expense of others, and reach a state of a common love for one another, a state of love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, instead of prioritizing self-benefit over benefiting others, we need to prioritize the benefit of others over self-benefit. As a result, we would reach a perfect and eternal state, a state that we were put here to achieve. Everything in nature on the still, vegetative and animate levels, outside of humans, is in a harmonious interplay and only we humans breach that balance with our self-serving use of our additional desire. We should thus think about how we can shift from prioritizing self-benefit at the expense of others to prioritizing the benefit of others, and to use ourselves for others' benefit. It is because, by inverting our intention and attitude to each other from egoistic to altruistic, we would discover no less than a perfect world for everyone. Based on the video What Can We Learn From Elephants? With Kabbalist Dr. Michael Leitman and Ron Levi. Written, edited by students of Kabbalist Dr. Michael Leitman.